A surprising war is being fought in the lunchrooms of America's schools. On one side of the battle, the Obama-era regulations to feed children healthier meals. On the other side, President Trump's agricultural department, which subsidizes 30 million lunches a day, and wants to put more fat, sugar, and salt back on the school menus. And it seems the tide is turning in that battle. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today is a Bloomberg investigative reporter in Seattle, Peter Robison, who wrote about this battle in this week's Business Week. Thanks for joining us today, Peter. Thanks for having me. So how did this story come about for you? Well, we first started thinking about it um, back in 2017, uh, when people may remember that um, a, a week after he was confirmed, uh, the, the Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, uh, w- went down to Leesburg, Virginia, and had lunch with uh, grade schoolers there and, and announced an easing of the school meal standards. And as, as part of that, uh, more white breads are going to be back on men- menus, pizzas, and, and also higher-fat chocolate milk, 1% rather than, than skim. And there, there were some political elements to what he said that day. He, he made a, the, the press release said uh, making school meals great again, mm-hmm. and he, he made a point of saying uh, to the reporters assembled in the classroom in the in the grade in the assembly room, I, I wouldn't be as big as I am today without chocolate milk. And so now it's a year later, and um, in December the rules were finalized. And so my, my colleague Lydia Mulvaney and I have been doing reporting around the, the industry influences that were brought to bear um, on the school meal standards as they came out. And it's, it's really pretty fascinating. You, you have uh, a, a huge industry. We, we focused on the dairy industry because it's, it's such a large industry and it touches so many parts of the foods that people consume. It's, it's from milk to, to cheese and yogurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we thought it would be interesting to look at how this one industry, which, which did get a big favor in these rules, it, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but moving from skim to 1% chocolate milk means that it's going to be a lot more flavor, flavorful to kids and, and more of them are going to drink it. And, and what we found was that uh, you, you have uh, the, even the nutritionists that serve, or even the, 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 the cooks and the cafeteria managers and the, and the school districts that serve food to kids are, are represented by a trade group called the School Nutrition Association, which uh, has, it's been argued that it's, it's captured by industry. A majority of its funding comes from food companies and other vendors in the food service industry. And um, they had the chance to shape these rules, and, and they had a, a really eager, really receptive audience in, in Sonny Perdue, who, who himself has a large background in dairy. He uh, so after he left the Georgia State House in 2011, he uh, ran a, 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 a trade and consulting company, um, which had among its clients a, a milk producer, which sold milk in numerous flavors. Um, so it's it's maybe not surprising given the uh, character of the Trump cabinet, but it is but um, another example of, of corporate interests r- really influencing ultimately what uh, Americans eat and their, and their health. So when you were researching this article and doing your reporting, what did you learn about dairy standing in the United States today? It's a huge industry. It's a monster. It's $200 billion in economic impact, 1% of economic outfit, output, but wow. it is uh, hugely in decline. It's, it, uh, it's in a self-declared crisis. Uh, d- dairy farms are failing. 
Um, and a big reason is that um, people aren't drinking milk as much as they anymore. The per capita consumption in the U.S. is is down 40 percent since 1975. And what have we learned about milk over the past decade or so about and, and other dairy products when it comes to health studies and even genetic studies that we that we didn't know when everyone drank milk? That's that's an interesting question, and I'm not sure that the public perception has caught up to the science because when you look at what doctors are saying, many of them are saying, uh, let's rethink this idea that um, you you need three glasses of milk a day. Uh, Let's rethink uh, how much calcium you need. The the U.S. standard is is actually about half of what the international one is, and, and Harvard uh, has published some studies saying, um, don't, you know, don't forget that high dairy intake can increase your risks of heart disease, mm-hmm. cancer, weight gain. And you see that really with the, uh, in the popular culture, it's with the quarterbacks with Aaron Rodgers and, um, you, you know, and Tom Brady. They cut it uh, from their diet. Right. They cut, they cut dairy from their diet and they've, you know, it's more of a vegan diet that they're pursuing, which is, which is kind of fascinating if you stop and think about it, because, the, the it, it, milk and dairy and you know beefy football players has has been kind of a mantra. And back in the '60s, you had the Green Bay Packers coach Vince Lombardi in a National Dairy Council ad saying, "I, I have never had an outstanding, successful athlete who is not a hard milk drinker." So it's not uh, even as healthy as once perceived. Uh, your article even points out that even though people believe it should help with bone density, it might not help with bone density as much as people think. And even genetically speaking, um, people of other cultures and other backgrounds are preconditioned to be lactose intolerant. So they shouldn't be drinking as much milk as they are being told to, to drink milk. And so that kind of takes us to, you know, when the rules from Barack Obama went into effect in 2012 and trying to make changes, health changes in the school system. It, it, it does. And um, I, th- I think a big reason that there was a pushback is that the Obama rules took a, a, a really, you could call it a pretty small step toward um, reducing the place of milk on the plate, because m- milk is still the only specific food or beverage that's re- that kids are is re- you know, kids are required to be offered uh, until Obama came in uh, and said that schools also had to make water available. Mm -hmm. And that fits with with what, you know, some doctors are saying, which is that, you know, milk is not this staple that should be drunk again and again. It can be more of a treat, really, in your diet and just drink water for your beverage and get your nutrients from food. So the Obama administration tried to pull out those fatty foods and drinks uh, and put more healthier stuff on the plate. How did that go over with people in the industry during that administration? It went over horribly at first. In, in 2012, the year it was implemented, um, you, you had a lot of pushback from schools, and part of that was that the industry just wasn't ready for this change because it was a lot of change forcing them at once, and the food was just bad. And you had um, the hashtag, thanks Michelle Obama, <laughs> became popular as kids were posting pictures of unappetizing plates. Um, but since then, it, it died down, and you still had complaints from some parts of the country. But in many parts of the country, uh, there, there was acceptance of, of the food. The, the issue was that there, there were going to be some more changes coming 
under the Obama rules, and, and that change would have uh, had a big impact on the amount of sodium, especially in the in the food. And and cheese, of course, is is high in sodium. So so one consultant described that to me as a a coming cheese apocalypse, if if, if you will, because the, the things like cheeseburgers and and macaroni and cheese wouldn't 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 find their way into kids' meals as much. And so what are some what are some of these um, large corporations or companies that did not like where it was going in the lunchroom for the products they make? Well, I guess the the one you would single out there is is the National Dairy Council, which which is um, the the trade group that uh, has a research arm that um, tries to influence the the debate over science and um, that that group and you know and of course and, and and of course all the big dairy cooperatives Land of Lakes is a, is a big one but um, they they definitely they want wanted their to products back their, in school. their place yeah yeah and they are getting that now aren't they. They are, yeah. This this keeps the um, this 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 keeps well. This one this will enhance the, the the role of certain dairy foods because you'll you know you may have more cheat more more pizzas because it may be easier to serve pizzas that kids are liking because they can have more refined grains in the crust. So, who wins here? The dairy industry and. Sonny Perdue, who uh, has been in agribusiness his whole career and uh, wants to serve American farmers. And then who is the loser in this whole thing? If you talk to scientists, you would say the kids, because the American Heart Association was among several groups of doctors who said... The rules will only slow the really great Im- the, the improvements that have been made uh, since the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act. And the Center for Science and Public Interest had an estimate that uh, what's happening now versus what would have happened will, will mean that by 2022, uh, kids will be eating, uh, high schoolers will be consuming uh, almost two Big Macs a week in, in sodium. Peter, thank you very much. Thank you, David. Make sure to follow Peter on Twitter. He's at The Real Robison. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.